the driven women's guide to love, life, and business. Hosted by the boss ladies, Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Welcome to Girls Gone Boss. Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you girls? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm amazing. It's uh, Saturday, right? Saturday. Miami Beach. Early. Still hot. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes here. No. <laughs> but what I'm excited about is a topic we're going to be discussing today because, you know, I'm obsessed with it. Yes. Yeah. All of us, I think, are a little bit. I think yeah. we all need a we little bit need of help. Some so love. our guest today is going to give us a little bit of insight on all things that we love, which is especially us, us girls is love and dating. So Lisa Concepcion is a certified professional dating and relationship transformation expert and founder of Love Quest Coaching, which specializes in helping people transform their love lives within 90 days. Wow, I need that. Uh, Beginning with self-love, obviously the most important love there is, right? Through her program, she's um, rooted in law of attraction. And Lisa quickly empowers people to clearly define the relationship that they want, then helps them to adopt the mindset necessary to manifest and maximize it. Lisa is recognized life coach specializing in dating, relationships, self-love, breakups, and divorce. Lisa is based currently in Miami Beach and serves as a dating and relationship expert to the masses by conducting sessions remotely via video conference to help people worldwide. Welcome, Yay! Lisa. Welcome. <laughs> what a welcoming. Thank you, girls. <laughs> so nice. And the air conditioning in here. Oh, uh, so good. Amazing, right? It's the time of year where us girls and Miami Beach the just is so bad. Air conditioning. So bad. Well, let's just get right to it, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah. Lisa, tell us how you got started with all of this. This is just so exciting. So originally, my career was in public relations and marketing. I had over two decades experience in that. And then I moved from New York to, well, New Jersey, to Miami in 2010. And I thought that I would come here and I'd get a job in public relations and I would just pick my life up and la la la, easy breezy. But the universe has always other plans for us. Of course. So at the time, I was going through my own love quest journey and it was me separating from my then husband. And it was very emotional. I left everything that was comfortable, everything I knew that was familiar, my friends, my family, and I just knew I wanted to live where it was warm. And I had a feeling that that journey was going to be a doozy. And I knew I wasn't interested in doing it up north in the cold. And I was very not aligned with where I was in my life. So I, like I said, picked up, came to Miami Beach. I found an apartment and moved in with my dog and a a house worth of stuff that I put in a one bedroom apartment. I don't know how I did it, but I did. And I just adored Miami Beach. I always came, I always, you know, would visit for weekends and stuff. So through my process here, I started working for a gentleman named Grant Cardone. And if anybody listening wants to look this guy up, he's an amazing, amazing sales master, best-selling author, self-made multimillionaire, I think on the heels of becoming billionaire soon. And um, I worked with him as his director of marketing for about a little over a year and a half. And in that experience is where I got the itchy bug bug to become an entrepreneur myself and specifically an uplifter. And I didn't know where that was going to come from because I was still going through my own journey. I was still technically married, even though not living with my then husband, but we were, you know, dear friends, very codependent, couldn't pull the trigger on divorce, couldn't pull the trigger on 
reconciliation. So we were in this limbo stage, not healthy, not self-loving, but that's where I was. And so after I then got to a place where I had to know, are we going to stay or are we going to go? It was a decision on his part to end the marriage, and I was devastated, devastated. This is a man that I knew since I was 20 years old, and I was at the time 44. Wow. So I know this person in over half my life. It's, you know, you, he's everything. He, he, yeah. You know, every, every memory, every, everything, you know. So it was who the questions became, you know, who am I without this man? Like, who am I? Who am I just by me, by myself? Like, I had to really dig in and heal. And I had to figure out who I was going to be, who I wanted to be. And in that journey was when I built this little dream team of getting Lisa back to Lisa. And I hired a therapist and I spoke to an energy healer and I had who also was a nutritionist. So she was helping with like supplements and foods and just really nourishing my body, my mind, my soul. And that's where I came up with this 90-day concept because I didn't want to linger in this healing process forever. I wanted to be very girl boss about it, right? Yeah. I was like, listen, 90 days, let's handle this. I'm <laughs> yeah, a smart let's girl. Get it done. Let's get it done, right? And then what's interesting is once you commit to that process of of personal betterment and personal development, you quickly realize, yeah, it's 90 day sprints, but it's a lifelong journey (laughs) because it never ends, right? So through that process, once I came through the other side and I was healed from codependency and really on my path towards being whole and complete within myself with no guy at my side, um, I felt compelled to give back and be like, wow, if I can get through this, I'm sure there are other people struggling their relationships. And while I was going through my process, I was very public about it. I took to Facebook and I was doing videos and sharing aspects of my journey. It was very um, transparent. And people found uh, a sense of community in that. They felt that they weren't alone. People started asking me for my advice on certain things. And I was like, whoa, like I'm, I, like, I felt very responsible. I'm like, oh my God, I'm giving advice to people. And I'm like, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm still like swirling in my own thing. But people felt a connection to that. So once I uh, successfully came through that, you know, that dark place, yeah. I uh, felt, let's get certified. Let's do this legit. Let's be a full on professional coach. And a friend of mine who I worked with in public relations in New York um, became a coach. And she had a very successful, thriving seven-figure business, coaching, homeschooling her kids, coaching, like a whole beautiful business she created for herself. So I went to her, I asked her, you know, where did you get your certification? Show me the path. And she was like, go to IPEC. It's the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. They do, at least here in Miami, out of FIU uh, courses. It's a 10-month immersion and I did it. It was amazing. Um, they, it, it involves daily practices. You coach master coaches. They coach you. You're put in a group. You coach each other within the group. So it's peer-to-peer coaching as well. And you just learn a method. You learn the techniques of communication and speaking with people in a manner that it's not rooted in judgment, but rooted in service. So you're getting them to really reveal things about themselves from a place of love and trust and respect with the collective vision of moving them from where they are to where they want to be. And I get to play in that gap in between. So it's really, really rewarding. So how do you discern, like when you first meet someone, Mm -hmm. one of your clients, like how do you separate, okay, 
I'm going to see this person as a human being rather than like a judging yeah. person that we have been so like uh, conditioned, conditioned yeah. to feel like culturally to judge, right? Right, right. Which is something that we do as an autopilot. Right, thing, yeah. Right? You know, there's a book out now, uh, The Judgment Detox by oh, Gabrielle Gabby. Bernstein, of course. which I love her. Of course. Oh, I love, love her. I love her. Right? <laughs> She's awesome. And uh, she gets into that. She did a really cool interview with Lewis Howes. Um, it's on it's on YouTube and she talks about the book and she says exactly that, how we are so conditioned and so reflexive that judgment um, is natural. And there's the difference between discerning, judging, observing, and to be mindful of what we're doing, which one of the three yeah. <laughs> are, is really uh, empowering to us. And it it's is. very insightful to... Are we are our thoughts serving us or are they hindering us? Are we are we bringing people closer to us or are we distancing ourselves from them? Right. So as a coach, mm-hmm. to your point, I have to um, I get to play in the space with people where they are able to speak freely, and I'm more committed to the answers that they already have within. So my method is is a combination of consulting and coaching in that if somebody just wants advice, like I certainly can give them my point of view, several options just to get the creativity. There's brainstorming that happens, but ultimately it's the person's decision. They know far better than I what speaks to their soul, what's the right move for them. And in that part, there isn't judgment. So I'll give you an example. I was coaching a girl. And she was torn between whether or not she should consider dating seriously or whether she should just date casually because she was getting over a breakup and she was just re-emerging into the dating space. So I said, well, you know, only what do you feel? What, what, what speaks to you? Well, I really want this person and, you know, the other boyfriend, he was just not for me and now I'm really ready. And I said, okay, well, what makes you feel ready? So I'm asking questions for her to get to her truth. It's not me saying like, well, then do it, girl. Get in there. Like, I'll come out with you. Let's get some drinks and find some boys. Like, let's roll. I'm more like, I want her to come to the real uh, conclusion. Because we all have it within us, right? The answers all are always the within answers us. answers are always within. Always but then within. it's like you have a clouded mind because yeah. you have so much going on that you can't really decipher what your decision is. But sometimes having somebody ask these type of questions really yeah. opens up the book. To and knowing. it's funny, like with a, with coaching, being on both the receiving and giving end of coaching, I love those moments when someone looks at you or I look at my coach and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way before. That's that aha moment where you light up and then all these possibilities that you didn't really think of because you didn't think of it that way before are presented to you that you've um, channeled within yourself. Exactly. So it's very uh, empowering. It is. I can really appreciate that you've been there, gone through it. Mm. So that makes you so much more empathetic to what other people are going through. So that's really nice because a lot of professionals are not having gone through. Oh, girl, I've been through like all of it. Right. That's like, great. I, I, like, I ha- like, oh, yeah. Like I had an affair. I had then a revenge affair happened to me. Like I cheated on my husband. He cheated on me back. And I was all confused. And I had like love triangles. And I, no, yeah, like straight up soap opera life right. of my own creation. Then when you realize this and you realize the reasons for why 
then you're able to heal it and transform it. And then you realize I'll never do that again. Like I'm totally self-loving. Like I'm drama free lifestyle. Like I love oh, it. Yeah. And you know what? Drama yeah. is an addiction. It is. Oh, right. It is. So like for my case, it manifested itself in codependency. And once I had the opportunity to really trace back the roots of that, the cause of it, childhood, no, you know, messaging, things that happened in my life yeah. and my perceptions of it. Once I got that information, oh, I was able to see it clear as day. Then the challenge or the uh, test becomes, cool, what do I want to create now? I know this about myself. This is where this got me. Bless the journey. But I want to go over there. And who do I need to become to have this type of life and be this type of person? Who do I need to step into to have a harmonious, loyal, loving, mature, forward-moving relationship? Who do I have to become to have a thriving, beautiful business and service to other people? So when you start to really think of this life that you're cultivating from moment to moment, life to life, I mean, month to month, you're always growing, you're always changing. You can choose any minute that you want something different and map out a mindset plan to get you there. So So. the question you kept saying was, who do I have to become? So are are you suggesting that obviously it starts with self, right? And becoming the person that you want to become will attract the right partner. Is that okay? So then if you want this amazing, loving, committed partner, you have to be amazing, loving, and committed to yourself, to yourself, to yourself. And from there, it starts with you, starts with you. And from there, you'll start to behave that way towards towards your friends, towards your colleagues, towards the world. And from that higher vibe, because in doing that, right, when you love yourself, first, most, best, always, because no one can do it for you the way you could do it for yourself, um, you raise your vibration. You, you raise your frequency of what you attract in others. So you've noticed, like, if you think back to who you were maybe five years ago and the type of crowd you rolled with, it was a different different thing. You were a different person, right? So not to say those people were bad, not to say that, but you were just a different person on a different vibe and you were attracting a different tribe, right? So right. now you go through experiences, you outgrow you know, it's like a pair of jeans, right? You're not wearing the same jeans you wore in high school. I hope they're still small. That'd be cool, jeans. though. <laughs> if I could fit into my high school jeans. Let me tell you, because well, to use that analogy, I'm from the night. I mean, my jeans are from the '90s, right? If I was gonna fit into some high-waisted Bill classic Bums. Levi's from like '95, wait, that'd did be- you have Jordash? Hell yeah. yeah. I had the Jordash, the Sergio Valente. I brought Valente. some Jordash too. Jordashes were on point. <laughs> on point. They should make a comeback. I they think. should. <laughs> right. No, but so then back to love. Okay, so I want to attract, I have to be, and then I will receive, right? But it's so, so hard. I feel like, right. for instance, I'm the single one out of the three. And okay. I feel like I've attracted men that are amazing and I know have potential exponential potential, but they're just not ready. Right. When ready they meet for commitment. Me, they're like, uh, oh, it's always like one foot in, one foot out. Okay. I'm not sure. And I'm like, okay, so I must be doing something that I'm attracting someone that isn't invited, inviting to a relationship. Like they're just so not ready. what I would invite you to consider maybe journaling on it is where in your life are you not fully committed to yourself? Mm. Is it work? Oh, is it, it down. Down. <laughs> And so that's an opportunity. Like whenever you go on dates, right? This is like, I always say you're dating for data. Yes. Dating for data, right? So when you go on a date, it is such clarity about where you are with yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're attracting non-committal people, odds are there's an aspect of your life where you're not committing fully to yourself 
or you're just focused on guys not being committal. Yeah. And so you're banging the drum of nobody commits, these guys, all they want to do is the but bigger, better deal. The same type of guy so <laughs> pay attention to, right? So you're paying attention to your language and your mindset where it's like, ooh, every single guy I'm dating, I'm meeting, they're all non committal. Like they're one foot in, one foot out, like you just described. So focus more so on what's wanted as opposed to what is. What do I want? Mm-hmm. And the feeling of the having of it. So envision yourself, even if you just lay in your bed for five minutes every morning and be like, oh, I can't wait to wake up next to this man. Oh, and he kisses me (laughs) on the forehead and he says, baby girl, good morning. Good morning, my precious girl. And you're like, good morning, baby. Yeah. Saturday. Oh, I'm already in the feeling, Lisa. (laughs) I I smell the bacon. Good girl, that's it. You're the bringing coffee home. brewing in the back. That's it. You bring home that bacon. You go out yes. tonight with no, but for real, you have that high feeling place, that yes. high vibe place where you're like, you know, there are guys out there. Another exercise that I always suggest girls do is observe all the great men that they've ever interacted with ever in their life. So I always say, look, the the great guy that you've created in your mind has all of the great attributes and qualities and values of every great guy you've ever interacted with ever in your life, ever. Yeah. Like that third grade teacher that lo- that you loved, that you're like, I love my third grade teacher. He was so great. He always told me I did a good job. What about that man did you take with you? I like praise. I like when a man tells me nice things about the accomplishments in my life. All right, cool. So he's part of that guy. He's part of that wonderful guy that you're aligning with. So really your job is to get into a great high feeling place about dating, have fun with it. Um, don't treat it like a job, treat it like right. just an And if experiment. it doesn't go your way, just let it go and keep yeah. it moving, right? It, yeah, for sure. Because sometimes we harp on it. Oh God, he didn't text me or he didn't follow up or it didn't work. Exactly. But we just have to like it's cool. It it's cool. Thank you for being so fast and efficient right. with showing me you're not it. Yeah. Next. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's this feeling of being open to receiving that wonderful person without the attachment to it. So it's mm. that nice, I call it the dating sweet spot. And when you get in that, it's when you roll up to a place and you're like, I'm just going to have a good time with my girls. If I meet somebody, I meet somebody. Cool. I'm open to that. Love surrounds me everywhere. Awesome. Bring it. But if I, if it doesn't happen, I'm cool with just going to my girls, getting some bites after and chilling and having some girl talk and then go home and roll up with my dog and do it again tomorrow. You know, my life, you'll have a very full, robust yeah. life. And a boss girl always has options and, and, and events and things to do. So staying busy is also important. Staying busy is huge. Very, very important. Because remember, you're creating and cultivating this robust, beautiful life that when you show up to a date and people say, what do you do for fun? You're like, how long do you have to listen, dude? I got fun coming at me every direction. Well, let's see. I have this painting class that I do, and then I do cooking classes on Thursdays with my friends, and then we have this sushi group that we go to like different sushi places every week. And, and then I do I, a podcast. And then I do a podcast, <laughs> and then I'm working on my business. And then they, then the man is like, wow, like I wonder where she has room for me. And now yeah. you become um, alluring and interesting, and it's like, ooh, I wonder how I'm going to squeeze my way into this busy <laughs> woman's life. And that's when you'll see the change where it's like, wow, I'm sitting in front of this queen. However, will I have time to fit into your busy, beautiful life? And so the the framing of the date changes. He becomes like, wow, like I'm impressed. Like you got a lot going on. And so I got to get my game up as a man to not compete, but to enhance and to 
and and odds are, if you're Dude, vibing at that high vibe place, odds are he's got a lot of stuff going on in his life too. And in I a positive that. way. Yeah. yeah. In a positive way. Yeah. So this way it's like you're not dependent on each other. You're not living from one another. It's like, hey, I'm cool. Like Tuesday night, do you want to grab food? Yeah, that's perfect. And then maybe you don't see each other again until the weekend, but you're cool and you're in touch and you're texting and you're showing, you know, sending cute pictures to each other. Not nudes. We'll get into that in a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. oh, no. but you know, just making that rapport happen yeah. and showing that even though we're apart, we're still part of each other's day. And it's this nice light thing in the beginning that then blossoms into something that you both agree about and and, and grow it together. So yeah, yeah and you girls are in relationships. You and yeah, right? yeah, I'm yeah. So you you're married. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the whole different discussion. Amazing. Right. Yeah, Great. and I'm just dating. Well, well dating. I've been with him for almost a year. Okay. She's a boyfriend. Wonderful. Boyfriend. So you have yeah. a legit boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So we have one of each. This yeah, lovely. Yeah. All right. So I'm sure I'll, you're all gonna have questions for me. <laughs> Granted, I've been engaged, girlfriend, married, divorced, <laughs> like separated, limbo. Like I've done all of it. So I, like anybody can ask me any oh, kind of question perfect. of anything. But <laughs> what are the obstacles that are happening around dating that you feel like? are so prevalent. I, mm. I mean, I, I have a whole list, but. Mm-hmm. The biggest, biggest one that comes in the coaching practice that I hear with singles is that whole bigger, better deal mindset. Lack of focus. Nobody really wants to give somebody a shot for like a month and go all in with this person for a month, see where it can go. And then if it's a friend's vibe, at least legit you could be friends because you respected each other through the process. So when I, I'll give you an example. When I was single and I met my now boyfriend two years, Mm -hmm. we're together. um, I had my dating style on lock. I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew what my dating style was, meaning what worked for me, the way I would come at a man in a dating situation and I owned it and I had no problem communicating it from a place of power and love and kindness and mutual respect. So when I met this man, it was very serendipitously, I was out with girlfriends and a friend of a friend knew him and he was at a table and he waved me over to say hello and boom, my boyfriend was there. And when we shook hands, I felt an energy, a a palpable energy Mm. and he did too. And so I just kept looking at him and I was like, oh my God, I gotta go talk to this guy. (laughs) And I did, I rolled up on him and I said, hi, like, what are you doing sitting all by your lonesome? Long story short, that conversation ended up revealing that we lived in this similar up north places, same background, similar upbringing, what have you, and that he lived five blocks away from me here on the beach. Talk about law of attraction, (gasps) right? It's crazy. Amazing. So- We then subsequently leave there. I offer him a ride back to South Beach. We live five blocks away. I'm like, I got my car. I'll give you a ride. He asks me to continue if you want to go for drinks or whatever after. So I said, sure. Get to know each other better. After that conversation, we hit it off so well that he asked me for a second date. He's like, I definitely want to see you again. And now that was my um, opportunity to be very clear about my dating style and how he is to approach me moving forward. Otherwise we don't play and it's Mm -hmm. all good. So what did you say? So I said, I said, uh, I had meeting you today was a delight first of all. And I said, I'm so excited that, you know, you want to see me again and I'd love to see you again too. And I said, um, however, out of respect for both of us, I have to be very clear about the intention that I would be bringing to that second date. So my dating style is such that I would rather just focus on you for like, you know, however long and not have the thing where I'm dating you on Tuesday and then on Friday I'm out with Mike and then on Saturday I'm out with Chris. Like, I don't do that. It's not really my dating style. And so 
I prefer to focus fully on the person that I'm with. I like for them to do the same in return. And so that we just kick this off with honesty and respect right from the start. And if in three weeks we realize it's more of a friend's vibe, then I know I can really be friends with you because you didn't dog me out. You didn't do anything. And and same with me. I didn't do anything shady to you. We can legit be friends. And since we're from New York, we can be like, the dude up the block I go watch the Yankee game with. You know what I mean? Like, we can legit. And when I said that to him, I mean, first of all, he's like Yankee fan. And he was like, oh my God, she said Yankees. This is my wife. Like, <laughs> no, he didn't that say that. That was also strategic. He didn't say that. But, you know, but I was, you know, I'm kind of like the sports girl, whatever. But I did, you know, and I was very sincere about it. And he said, I, you know, and then I went on and I said, listen, um, you know, you're at the time he was 51. I was 45. And I said to him, How old are you now? You look fantastic. <laughs> you look so I'm, young. Thank you. you. Look I'm, like you're I'm 20. 40, I'm 47. Thank you. No, my God, she looks so fantastic, guys. You have amazing. to go see her on, <laughs> online. Oh my God. So, so young. Like, we'll, so much we'll love. take pictures. Yeah. You girls are the best. <laughs> I can come here every Saturday. <laughs> So, you know, I, I and in that I said, listen, I'm friends with a lot of guys your age on this beach, you know, and they're chasing like 30 year old ass like all over the place. Oh, yeah. And I'm not 30. I'm like, I'm not even 40, honey. I'm like, <laughs> you know, so he looked at me and he said, Lisa, look, I heard everything you said and I'm absolutely on the same page. And I have an expression, life's too short for BS. And so he goes, I'll put your number in my phone and we'll take it from there and I'll talk to you tomorrow and done. And he did not waste any time. Let me tell you, he was boom the next day. It was great meeting you. Let's get But do you think like it's it because great. he's older? Like older men are just on a different vibe. No. no? I mean, there are so many that aren't. Like I've coached men 53 years old. They're disasters. They're Peter Pans. Peter Pans, yeah. yeah. And they have this whole like money thing where they want to like impress girls with their money. Because they're insecure. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag. And you also have men who are 35, totally buttoned up, have their stuff together, and they're like, no, I want to find my wife, like, Mm -hmm. this year. Like, I want children. By the time I'm 40, like, it's on. I want to be dad. I want to be, like, like, they have a vision. So it really depends. I mean, age is very, um, it it just really doesn't have a whole lot to do with it. It's more about mindset of life and energy. Like, I'll tell you what, when I was single in limbo, and I was dabbling in dating, and I was meeting other dabblers, I would meet men younger, because in my in my limbo of being separated, I regressed. I call it arrested development. So here I am in this marriage for, you know, at the time, 15 years. And I met my husband in my 20s. So when we were separated, it's like I went into a time capsule and I started dating as if I was 24 again. So my maturity level wasn't what it should be as a grown woman because I was a wife to this one man that I knew forever and ever. So when I was, you know, thrusted back into the single scene again, I was doing it like a 24-year-old. You reverted back, yeah. I reverted back. And a lot of people do that. It's very normal. It's very normal, especially if you're, um, let's say, uh, like I was, um, married at 27 years old. There were no smartphones. There was no Tinder. There was no Facebook. There's no online nothing. You know, I was dial-up. <laughs> AOL. AOL. Hey, you got mail. The little guy running. The little guy running, exactly. And, uh, you know, when I was now in a place of being single again, it's a whole different game. People are hitting on me on Facebook. They're sending me pictures of their penises. I'm just like, what, <gasps> what is, is this going world, right? on? Right? Different world. And it I had to, you had and to adapt. And do you think social media and like apps and all that has changed dating? I feel like it has Absolutely. 100%. Has it made sure. it better or worse? Well, I always say to people like this, like, listen, Amazon.com, did it not change the way we shop? No, and true. change it? 
no different than dating, you know, no different than the way we relate to each other. Look at Facebook. Look at the way I'm sitting here with you girls now. There's a podcast. I'm sorry. There was never a podcast before. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and these conversations can happen. And, you know, so there's a lot of benefit to technology. But then when we look at the other side of it, it lends itself to an attitude of immediacy and I want it and I want it now. Fast food and dating. Fast food dating, exactly. Yeah. It's this, you know, dollar menu or do you want the, the steak? You know, do you want the good dinner or do yeah, you want like the hook dollar up menu? Culture. Hook up yeah. culture, all yeah. that. Yeah, so it's very um, conducive to um, fostering that type of behavior, that quick swipe right attitude of, well, if this girl doesn't want to hang out with me tonight at nine there's o'clock, another there's another one waiting in the queue. Um, but it's um, it, it devalues, devalues the person. Human, a human, yeah. yeah and the interaction the and the relationship of yeah. even cultivating a good, you know, healthy relationship with somebody. Yeah, it also devalues the way we socialize with mm-hmm. one another as well. Yeah. Because so you just see them as like what a, a physical body rather than a, like a someone right. that has a soul, yes. right? So you're seeing a, a two dimensional little box of a head of a person on your phone, yeah, <laughs> and you're having words exchanged, but you don't smell them, you don't get the pheromones, you're not getting the talent, the tonality of their voice, you're not getting their essence. Really, and you're making judgments based on this very superficial, like, oh, he's cute, and let's see, oh, look, he has a dog, I have a dog, like basic stuff. Um, and then uh, people often make that mistake of not digging deeper, and then just making a date to meet right away. So I'm, I'm a big oh, fan. So of, you should like yeah, dig deeper before I'm, you meet. Yeah, really? I'm a big fan of like a phone screener, like a phone date. I'm a big fan of getting recent pictures sent to me, not nudes again. I underscore that <laughs> bullet point, big font, bold. huge bold. But <laughs> oh, see, I I I haven't experienced that like having to. I guess the phone call thing it doesn't happen anymore, which I like phone calls. But oh, for yeah. me to be like, let's talk on the phone, I. I haven't done that, but that's that's cool. I will take note of that. Yeah, to it's do like, nice. like a little pre-screen, right? Like the pre-screen. I mean, listen, look at us. We're beautiful women. Beauty takes time. Wouldn't you want to spare yourself the hour of the shower and the hair and the makeup? <laughs> so true. I mean, girl, I had a whole on a full-on date with a man from the comfort of my couch with like a rerun of Sex in the City in the background, like a I- FaceTime. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a FaceTime. I've done it just calling, just talking, you know, however way is cool. FaceTime is a little dangerous because then you get too flirty with each other and then all of a sudden you're like flashing boob and like you don't want to go down that path. <laughs> yeah, you want to, you want to, like, you know, you want to frame it. You want to frame it based on your dating style. Right, yeah. And you want to hold yourself as the queen you are, as the boss, the boss bitch you are and really step into that and think of the behaviors that your man would want to see out of his ideal woman, Mm. right? So you're not so much trying to be what you think he wants, but you're like, my man is a king. And a king wants these things from a woman. A king does not want a woman who's sending him nudes and sending him, that's a plaything. That's not his queen. That's not the woman who's bearing his children, if so be it, that's the choice. Sharing a home, making mutual investments together. That's a different thing. So there are men who will test women. And they want to know, let's see how she handles herself. Let's see how she handles me. I'm going to try. I'm a guy. But does she know how to put me in place in a position of a queen with grace and flow and Amazing. ease? Amazing. These are gems. Right? Or yeah. is she coming at me mean? 
are coming at me rattled and I'm pressing our buttons. I mean, there's power, right? When a guy is trying to hit on you and it's a first date and he's trying to angle to get into your apartment or whatever. And you say to him, tonight was such a delight. My God, you're such a gentleman. I could just eat you up. But you know, I have a busy morning and I'd love to continue this with you. I find you absolutely handsome and charming and smart. I love it. I had a great time with you. I'd love to do this again. What are you doing Thursday night? And the guy is like, hanging out with you. Because <laughs> think of it, men are so ego, right? So when you appeal to that manly, make them feel like a man, like you're complimenting them. You're like, man, I, like this was a night with a gentleman tonight. Yeah, they feel like you see them puff up their chest, their, their body language changes, and you could be at the door and he's going to think again before saying something stupid to mess it up, saying, well, we could continue it right now. Oh, yeah, you're so cute. You're so funny. I know we totally could, but I really do have to go to sleep and I have my dog and he has to get walked and the whole thing. Oh, I'll walk the dog with you. I've had that happen. <laughs> I've had that happen. All right, cool. So you wait here. I'll just go get him because he's crazy. And uh, no, like you're not angling your way. I'm in control. I have the keys. I am in control. You will earn your way into my into my space, into the queendom of my space. So are you okay then for us women to be a little bit more, not aggressive, but take kind of the lead in dating? Like cause sometimes men are like, oh, I don't know if I should text her or they yes. wait the three days and then you're like, oh, why? Yes, exactly. So, so stupid. I'm a fan of, uh, of, allowing the space for the man to know his value, really helping him along. Oh, really? Because a lot of guys are like, I don't want to, I really like this girl, but if I can't text her right away. They have this noise, this limiting belief noise. I don't know where they get it from. There's bad programming. And I'm like, no, you like the girl, like legit text her like an hour later and be like, like I, like, I, loved, I loved our kiss goodnight. I smell you on my shirt. Like you say that to a woman, I mean, she's like, wow, this guy likes me and I like him back and this is cool. And like, I know, I know, like I, know I have no doubt um, and, and not being afraid. But because guys seldomly will do this, if you genuinely like a guy and you're, you know, ending the evening and you're complimentary and grateful and acknowledging all the cool, fun parts of the evening, it's okay to say, I'd love to do this again. How about you? And put him right there on the spot. You're a queen. Yes. Queen's got things to do. We no do. time. <laughs> no time do, to be lingering in that. I got a busy schedule. Right. No time lingering in the wonder. Right. I don't that's weak, right? When you put the power on them of, okay, now I get to wonder for four days if no. you liked me. No. We're gonna size this up right now. No BS. We're gonna size it up. That's right what now. I'm talking about. I hate games. That's but right. I know no. that I understand too. You have to like mm-hmm. play a little bit, the challenge. Whatever, but at this point, like the challenge isn't necessary in the letting the man know that you like him or are interested. The challenge comes in allowing him access to you. Just because you're saying to him, I'm interested in you, does not necessarily mean, all right, let's take our clothes off and get in it. Exactly. It means I'm interested in you because I'm interested in your character, your values, and I want to know more so that I can give a little more. And with and access is earned. It's like a velvet rope to a club, right? The hottest club, it always has like line out the door, 50 people and dying to get in, mm-hmm. right? And there's some trick at the clipboard. That's you. You're in the front with the headset and the clipboard. Like, That's are you getting in? Are you getting, getting in? Are you getting in? Show me what you got. Are you dressed right? Are you making the right money? Can you buff forward a bottle? Are you going to get in a fight? Like, <laughs> these are the things that are going through like the club owner's mind at the door. So you have a velvet rope around your sacred 
space. lady space, space. right? <laughs> exactly. And your space of your soul, your space of your mindset, your everything that you're allowing somebody to to infiltrate, to come into. So why not be very discerning, not judgy, but discerning about who you're going to grant that access to? And love men that. love that. Take notes, ladies. Are you listening? Men like that. <laughs> the right men like that. The right men, you know, ready. So men. waiting is a very important thing because I feel a lot of women think that, oh, if I wait too long, he might lose interest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they There's go for it. a lot of it. that. You know, so that I think that maybe women need to be reprogrammed too. Yes. That they need to wait. And yeah. for the right person. Girls Gone Boss. That concludes part one of Lisa Concepcion's episode. Stay tuned next week for more on love and relationships. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review Girls Gone Boss on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. You can keep up with us at Girls Gone Boss on all social media platforms. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Oh, yeah. I love you guys.